Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. On this week's episode, you'll get to hear my presentation I recently gave at the Organic Alberta and Holistic Management Canada Conference in Camrose, Alberta, that was held on Saturday, February the 1st. It was an honor to be asked to speak about my journey in agriculture and how the Rural Woman podcast got its start. I also conducted a live interview with holistic management superstar, Kelly Sidoric, which you'll be able to hear in today's episode. Before we get to today's episode, let's go over the review of the week. This week's review comes from Jam Jam 486 via Apple Podcast. This five-star rating and review says, getting me through harvest. Thankful I found this podcast. It makes for a long day hauling corn silage go by much faster. Well, I am happy to hear that, Jam Jam. I can only imagine the long, hot days that you faced this past summer. So thank you so much for leaving that review. And guys, I just want to give you all a big thank you. Over the last three weeks, the Rural Woman podcast has had an influx of downloads, which has been incredibly surreal and humbling. So when you guys leave your listener reviews, whether that's on Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you leave these reviews, including on Facebook and over on wildrosefarmer.com, this helps the Rural Woman podcast get shared. Also, I want to say a big hello and welcome to my new listeners of the Rural Woman podcast that have recently found me through my article in The Western Producer. You may have seen earlier this week on social media that I shared the article that was released in The Western Producer about my presentation that you're about to hear that was titled, Podcast Tell Stories of Prairie Women by Mary MacArthur. I will put a link in the show notes if you guys haven't had a chance to take a look at the article. And thank you again for Mary and the Western producer for the great write-up. And I want you guys to stay tuned to after this episode because I have a couple big announcements, one of which you'll hear during this episode. So I want to give you more information about it. So without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's special episode. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for coming today. This is my first public speaking engagement as a farmer. I previously had a different job where I talked to high school students, and I feel like you guys are paying even more attention than they ever did to me. So thank you very much. (laughs) First off, I want to say thank you so much for Organic Alberta for inviting me here. Typically, it's the other Dubin that gets to stand up and talk to you. So I'm honored that I get to speak with you today. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my venture into podcasting, some more information if any of you have thought about starting a podcast, and I'm actually going to do a live podcast interview that will come out later this month on my podcast, so it's exciting, so we'll get started. So, who am I? I'm a first-generation farmer married to my multi-generational farmer, Justin. We live and grow on our family's certified organic and grain and oilseed operation in southern Alberta. We got married in 2016, and it was never my intention to become a farmer. Well, it only took nine months, and I'll call it an emotional breakdown, and I left my career in post-secondary education 
and became a full-time farmer. Since then, my resume has grown to include goat wrangler, calf mama, farm cat collector, entrepreneur, blogger, community builder, and podcaster. So, how many of you here listen to podcasts? Quite a few of you. Some people, when I say the word podcast, they say what? So, the definition of a podcast is the practice of using the internet to make digital recordings of broadcasts available for downloading to a computer or on a mobile device. So I've had to use this definition a few times for the people who have not discovered the wonderful world of podcasting quite yet, including my parents who said, you're going to do what? So how the Rural Woman podcast got started. So back in 2018, while working in our dusty old Fent tractor, There is no air conditioning in this tractor, by the way, and I feel like the farmer's wife at least should be able to get in the tractor that has air conditioning, but I digress. So while mowing our cover crop, I was simultaneously watching Instagram stories and I got a couple of overwhelming feelings. The first feeling was, oh my gosh, my lines aren't straight, Justin's going to kill me. (laughs) And the other overwhelming feeling that I got was I was watching the stories of these amazing women who were farmers and ranchers, homesteaders, farm wives, farm mamas, farm business professionals, what have you, and they were all living their lives in their own unique way. They shared more than just their highlight reels. They shared the pain of losing an animal or a crop being taken out by a storm. They shared making meals for their families with the produce that they raised in their gardens while homeschooling their children or getting their kids ready to go on the bus looking like a self-proclaimed hot mess. Each of these women had their own stories, and these were the stories that I admired and I overwhelmingly felt the need to share to a wider audience. So the idea of creating a platform to share these stories was born. So at that time, I had already started my online presence with a blog, and I knew I wanted to do something more than that. I also knew myself and my hair washing routine would not go well with a YouTube channel because they see everything. So I decided that I would take my love of sharing stories and my love of listening to podcasts and create them together. And the idea of launching my own podcast was born. So... When I came into the house that evening and told Justin my brilliant idea to start a podcast to showcase these amazing women in agriculture, I was met with the overwhelmingly realistic response, well, that sounds like a lot of work. And little did I know how right he was. I don't tell him he's right that often, so you're all witness to this. So I started down the path as any millennial would do and I got on the Google. And I started Googling what it was going to take to start my own podcast. I spent hours and hours of researching on how to edit, what microphone to buy, how to record, and how does a person get their show on iTunes. So I got to work and I signed up for a hosting site, did practice recordings, and I taught myself how to edit. All in all, it took me about eight months to get the skills and most importantly, the courage to launch my passion project, The Rural Woman Podcast. As of yesterday, there are 41 episodes, and I have broken over the 50,000 download mark. 
the stories of women in agriculture are being heard around the world. These women don't all farm, ranch, or homestead the same. Each has their own unique take on what it means to be a woman in agriculture. They all have their own stories to tell, and it is my privilege and honor to share those stories. So, I did a little more research. Who is actually listening to podcasts? Obviously, there's quite a few in this room, but then there are the people who still don't know what a podcast is. So you may be curious who is actually listening. So as of January 2020, there were over 820,000 podcasts and over 28 million episodes worldwide. In the U.S., 70% of the U.S. population is familiar with the term podcasting. 50% of all homes are podcast fans, and 51% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast. That's about 144 million people. In Canada, 63% of the population is familiar with the term podcasting. 36% tune into a podcast on a monthly basis, and 23% have listened to a podcast in the last week. In the graphic up there, it is shown U.S. stats, 54% of podcast listeners are male and 46% are female. 16 million people in the U.S. are avid podcast fans. And the age of listeners is 40% are 12 to 24, 39% are 25 to 54, and 17% are 55 plus. Overall, podcast listeners are described as loyal, affluent, and educated. So give yourselves a round of applause for being all of those things. Good for you. (laughs) And in 2019, Forbes magazine stated that podcasting is going mainstream. Recognizing the popularity of podcasting, a number of large media corporations have recently entered the podcast place, including Sony, Warner Media, and Marvel Entertainment. All of this to say that it is believed that podcasting is the new blog of 2020. Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, KL Skin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. So some of you may be interested in starting your own podcast. So I thought about what I could share with you about what it takes to start a podcast. So I think one of the most important things is to know your why, because with all of those stats being said, it can seem a little overwhelming and make some people feel like, why should I start a podcast? Why would anybody listen to mine? There is bound to be a podcast just like this. And heck, there's already 820,000 podcasts out there. Why one more? 
I definitely had all of those feelings along with the classic imposter syndrome and FOPO, which is fear of other people's opinions. That is why it is so important to know your why. My why for the Rural Women podcast is quite simple. I share the stories of women in agriculture to build community. Our lives can sometimes feel isolating, and by sharing these stories, we build a connection and get to know one another and know that we're not alone. Farmers make up such a small percentage of the population, and female farmers even smaller than that. Building that community and connection is my why. When you know your why, these statistics and fears don't seem so overwhelming. Another important thing to know is to know your audience. So whether or not you decide to start your own agricultural podcast or not, maybe you're thinking of starting a podcast about comic books or fly fishing or makeup tutorials. But the most important thing is you need to know your audience. What do you like to listen to? Another thing to ask yourself is what your ideal listener values. How old are they? Where do they live? Where do they hang out online? All of these things will help you build a solid foundation for your show, plus be able to market appropriately. And the last point I want to make is probably one of the most important steps of launching your podcast, and that is done is better than perfect. In the same way that moving is better than standing still, it's an unattainable ideal, and if you try to be perfect in something that you do, then you will never do it, and you will never move forward. And that can be said for your business, your life, your farm, your career, and especially your podcast. So if I waited to fix every sound issue, took out every um and so, and for us Canadians, a, then there would probably not be a single episode of the Rural Woman podcast on air. So my advice to you is to take pride in your work and to strive for continuous improvement instead of perfection. So if you've been sitting here and you're listening to this presentation and you had an idea that you wanted to start a podcast or I have somehow convinced you that you need to go home and start your podcast right now, but you're turned off by all of the hours of Googling and trial and error for editing and et cetera then I have some exciting news to add to my resume. This year will be educator. So my dear friend and fellow farmer and podcaster, Kelsey Jorison Olison, and I have teamed up to build a tool, introducing before you by the mic, a step-by-step -step guide to starting your own podcast. In the course, we will teach you how to record, edit, launch, and promote your show, plus how to network and find sponsors for your show. So. We'll be launching this later in 2020, so if you are interested, we have a sign-up sheet so you can put your email address on there and be told when it's going to come out. So that's pretty exciting for this year. So now I am going to interview the wonderful Kelly Sidoric. Kelly ranches with her family near Lloydminster. And over 25 years ago, they were introduced to holistic resource management, as it was known at the time, a decision-making planning process that focuses on finances, land, and people. And the process had a significant impact on their operation and has transformed to be a forage-based livestock enterprise. So I'm going to ask Kelly if she will come up and join me today. Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. 
What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra-hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman podcast merchandise, shout-outs on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Hello, Caitlin. Thank you so much for uh, giving me this opportunity. Thank you for being on the Rural Woman podcast. Kelly, I have to tell you, that this is only my second face-to-face interview. The rest of them are all done via the internet. The other one that I did was in a Super 8 hotel in Bozeman, Montana. And uh, I have to say, this is a bigger room. There's a lot more people watching us doing this. So, And typically, I'm in my pajamas, if I'm being honest, when I do most of my interviews. But Kelly, tell us about who you are and where you're from. Well, as you said in the uh, intro, I... uh, ranch with my family near Lloydminster. We're on the Alberta side, but close to the Saskatchewan-Alberta border. We also have an operation east of Spiritwood, so that's, uh, it's not too far from here. And how did you get your start in agriculture? Were you born into it, or were you married into it? I was born into it. My family had a feedlot operation just, well, still on the same location-ish where we are now. And that was started by my dad and his partner in 1963. So it was in your blood. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners who may not be familiar, what is holistic management? Well, as you said, it's a decision-making process framework that takes into account the land and the livestock, the people and the finances. So it's based on your own unique operation and the values that you have for your family and your team. So there's a number of different principles that people apply differently. So tell us how you were initially introduced to holistic management and why you decided to adopt these practices into your own operation. Well, some of the people in the audience have heard this story before, but back in the mid-80s, I was working for a livestock magazine out of Calgary called The World of Beef, and our family enterprise was still going on at Lloydminster. It hadn't actually intended to be a multi-generational operation. My parents had thought when the time came to exit, they would you know, sell to an outsider or they did have an employee company. So I really was meeting a lot of great uh, livestock people in my work. And also, my parents at that time had gone to some courses in the United States, and they'd been to uh, a workshop where this fellow by the name of Alan Savory was speaking, and another colleague of theirs, Blake Holtman, was also uh, starting to learn and practice some holistic management. And at the magazine, I got to go and interview Blake which was fantastic. And one of the things that most hit me 
was I'd always been interested in personal growth and development, mm -hmm. but yet that seemed like that was an other category. So I had my job and mom and dad had the uh, operation, but if I wanted to pursue the people side of things, I was doing that on weekends or in the evenings. And then we started learning about a concept that talked about the land and the livestock, which I loved, talked about the finances, that made sense, but it actually included the people in the same framework. And that was a epiphany for me because I always thought it was kind of, you know, especially in agriculture, that was right. a separate category altogether. So then I was able to um, start a non-traditional self-directed learning program through what was then the Center for Holistic Resource Management. And then that morphed into uh, coming home and getting involved in the operation. And we started to make changes and uh, made quite a few changes over 20 years. Yeah. I like what you said about how the people aspect might not always be in the forefront when it comes to agriculture because, you know, the bottom dollar is right. You got to get all of the work done and, but the people do all of the work. So you have to take care of the people too and do all of that. So I like what you said about that. What are some of the most positive effects that you've seen for your land and animals using holistic management? Well, certainly over the years, the diversity and the health of our land has improved. And as many people in the audience know that, you know, that certainly translates into the uh, production with the animals. So when we think about the uh, amount of resilience and biodiversity and, and production that we can get off the land with just using the cattle as a tool with very little inputs, it's been significant. Right. And what do you think some of the positive effects have been on the people side of it? Well, I have to first say that we are like every other family, that sometimes things go great and sometimes they don't go so great. I've uh, shared a slide recently with showing the royal family that, uh, you know, even they're having trouble getting things uh, heard, on track. I've heard but, that. But <laughs> uh, I think, you know, certainly the piece about inclusivity and trying to include everybody in the conversations, trying to do our best to have better communication and uh, paying attention to what the members of our family is for how they envision the operation in the future. Because I mean, frankly, it's gonna be them taking it forward, not necessarily us. Right. So you offer services to help people adopt these practices into their own operations. Can you tell us more about what those entail? Well, one of the things we do, and there's a few certified educators, holistic management certified educators here, and some in training as well, but we've got it set up on a course type format where we offer training. It's usually in the four to six day range, and we try to have it really community grassroots based so that if there's people in a community with think they would like some training, then they can get in touch with us or Dana Penrice, who is our coordinator, and gauge the level of interest and try to put something together in the way of training to get the basics of uh, holistic management. In some ways it's very simple and then in other ways it's more complex. And it's like the adage, you know, the more you uh, learn, the more you realize what you have yet to learn. And then another important piece of it is that we really try to establish learning groups, peer support groups, management groups, so that people continue with their learning as they move forward. Right. 
Well, and I think, like you mentioned before, it's different for everybody's operation. So your steps might not work for somebody, but you might know somebody that has something similar. So the networking piece is so important when it comes to this, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. As well as the phenomena of the can't see the forest for the trees. Right. So, you know, I do have some blinders in our own operation. Whereas with other people, you know, you can see things easier and then asking for feedback as well. For sure. And it, for me, I feel like the feedback when it comes from outside is usually better received than when it's right here. Yes. I don't know yes. if uh, Justin would agree with that or not. <laughs> So in addition to you running your operation at home and helping others adopt these holistic practices, you also offer workshops and services for succession planning, which we all heard a little bit before. So tell us more about what that looks like for you. Well, yeah, Anessa Good did a fantastic job earlier on. Her session was excellent. But one of our uh, well-known to the HM community and one of our mentors is David Irvine. He refers to himself as the leadership navigator, and he's given us a lot of wisdom and guidance, but one of his comments that I really love is, as farmers and ranchers, we're really pretty good at producing, and some of the other sides of the equation, like the softer people side, of it's a muscle that we're not used to using, and most people are well-intended, but don't have the tools to start having those conversations, and Anessa used that kicking the can down the road too, you know, geez, we know we should be having that conversation, but we just keep putting it off, putting it off. And so often just having a neutral third person in the room to help facilitate a meeting, help get some communication going, finding out what the people and the members' interests and wishes are is a helpful tool. And I'm not a professional, I'm not a um, accountant or tax lawyer or anything like that, but uh, I really feel strongly from our own experience, from when our parents transitioned the operation to us, that the most important thing is starting to have those conversations because it is a lengthy journey and it can be expensive. So the more work you can do as a family to create that vision so that they can then help you with the steps, some of which Anessa has shared. Yeah, for sure. So if you could give somebody out there one piece of advice who's looking to start their succession planning, even if they're, let's say, the next generation, what advice would you give them? What good conversation starters are there? Because it's an awkward conversation It to start. is an awkward <laughs> conversation. And so one of the pieces of it is if you're not already having some kind of regular meetings, start that. And those are awkward too, because you know, if you're just used to coming into mom's house and opening the fridge door and looking in, but you know, to try to initially set something that up that is a little bit more formal, but let the people know that that's what's happening ahead of time. So, and being inclusive, you know, everybody needs to be there and really talking about you hit the nail on the head when you were referring to your why. And that's something, you know, why are we actually in this business of farming and ranching? And having those kinds of conversations, you know, going through some different exercises about what values are important to you. You know, what does an ideal day look like? And in families in business that ag is all I know, but you know, uh, we don't take the time to sit down and hear what's really important to our 
parents or our kids. And so there's just lots of little tools like that that can help us have that. Another technique we use often, and it's very simple, is the talking stick. So that if you have the stick, you get to talk. And um, for some families like ours, there's a lot of talkers in. It helps to uh, take turns, but also if there's some that are quiet or more reserved, they're at one point in time, they're gonna get the stick too and they're gonna get to uh, express their viewpoint, so. Right, I feel like the quiet ones probably have the most information in their head and they're just waiting to spew it out once they get that stick. Once they get so. the stick, yes, yes. <laughs> Wherever or however you're listening to this podcast right now, you should take a moment and check out Stitcher. Those of you listening on Stitcher already get why. For those of you who don't know, Stitcher is a free podcast app for iPhone or Android. Stitcher is home to over 260,000 podcasts from classics like The Joe Rogan Experience, My Favorite Murderer, The Daily, Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, and new shows such as Science Rules with Bill Nye the Science Guy. Seriously, Stitcher has a podcast for everyone. Stitcher also has smart recommendations and playlists so you can find your new favorite show and organize your current podcast favorites. Like the Rural Woman podcast. Subscribe to Stitcher Premium for bonus episodes, exclusive shows, and ad-free listening. Sign up today for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. Use promo code RURALWOMAN for one free month. That's RURALWOMAN, R-U-R-A-L-W-O-M-A-N for one whole month for free on Stitcher Premium. So tell us more about what your parents' operation looks like now then, like versus when you were a kid growing up. Like, Tell us about all of the different changes and everything that you've made. Well, when I was growing up, it was a 7,500 head feedlot operation. And now it is an all grass grazing. We have some cows that we winter over, but um, a lot of it is just based on a summer grazing operation. We have some animals that we own ourselves and some that we custom graze. Right. And what does the next generation of the farm look like now? Well, hopefully, as our kids are starting to get interested, you know, and getting more involved, you know, with some livestock ownership and starting to look at ways that they can work together. And I talk with other families about this. You know, we have this idea that, okay, the farm was built up and there's going to be a farm kid and an off-farm kid. But I think we need to get rid of some of those old models. They apply in some cases, but these young people are smart and creative and have a lot of great ideas for what those relationships can look like. So maybe somebody's part-time off-farm, but part-time on, and letting them come up with some ways that they can work together. You know, sometimes if it is a direct food production, they don't need, you know, four quarters to run a whole bunch of cows. So what other enterprises can they start, um, you know, bringing to the table, such as you know that you're exploring, and what kind of relationships can that look like if they don't have lots of capital to buy a bunch of land? But I think there's a lot of new models coming out there, and that's exciting. You know with the idea, too, of uh, non-family transitions, too, where some young people can get access to the land and they aren't the kids or related. Absolutely. Well, and I like that you said that there's so much outside of agriculture that's not on the farm. And for me, and this podcast and everything, that was kind of my way into agriculture because 
I was coming on this farm and I didn't even know how to run the lawnmower. And then I had to learn how to run the grain cart and the swather and all of these things, which I enjoy doing. But I think for me personally, the stories behind agriculture, that's where I find like, that's my thing. Like I love hearing the family history and I love hearing the succession plan and how those have worked and moved on to the next generation. So I just think the legacy in farming, like that's my jam. Like that's what I really like. So yeah, I totally can relate because I love the cows and the grazing piece of it. But the opportunity that I have for my own enterprise, if you want to call it that, or pursuit to go and work with people and and learn with them is really, I'm so blessed to have that opportunity to be able to go do that as I like. So my last question for you, and it is my famous last question that I ask everyone. What is the most rewarding part about being a farmer or rancher for you? Well, as I said, you know, the cattle and the grass, but it's the people. I mean, the people in the community, in the ag community are, you know, I can't compare to others because I'm not familiar, but the relationships and support and the learning, it's just stellar, really. I can't... uh, Yeah, agriculture is like no other. It is like no other, yes. And we're so fortunate to be in it and be able to be part of these kind of communities. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for sitting here in front of this room full of people with me to do this podcast interview. For my listeners of the podcast who would like to stay in contact with you after the show, where can they find you online? Well, with the help of my more techie literate daughter, I do actually have a website and it's kellysidoric.com and my contact info is all on there as well as some of the pictures that uh, show a little bit about our life. So I follow you on Instagram. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I will put all of those links in the show notes so people can find you and connect with you. Excellent. And again, thanks so much for uh, doing what you do too because that contributes to the egg community and helps us learn and grow. So Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that special episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. If you want to tune in to the question and answer portion of my presentation, I have uploaded that over on Patreon exclusively for the patrons of the Rural Woman Podcast. So if you've been thinking about joining the patron gang, now is a great time to hop on over to wildrosefarmer.com and learn more and sign up. Your financial support of the Rural Woman Podcast ensures the amazing stories of women in agriculture continue to be shared, all while you get exclusive content and thank you goodies from me. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com slash Patreon and join today. So I mentioned during my presentation that the Rural Woman Podcast had 41 episodes released and 50,000 downloads as of February 1st. And I'm so, so, so excited to announce that as of today, we're up to 45 episodes of the Rural Woman Podcast, and I'm so happy to announce that we have actually now surpassed the 60,000 download mark, and I am just blown away by the substantial growth that has happened in the last few weeks, and I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to hear the amazing stories of women in agriculture through the Rural Woman Podcast.
Also, during my presentation, I announced something super exciting. I announced that I was adding educator to my ever-growing resume, and I'm happy to announce the launch of Before You Buy the Mic, a step-by-step masterclass on starting your own podcast. This is an online course that will teach you everything from how to edit your podcast yourself all the way to how to publish it on iTunes. I am so happy to be collaborating with my friend and fellow farmer and podcaster, Kelsey Jorison Olison, who you recently heard on episode 42 and back on episode seven of the Rural Woman podcast. In less than two years, we've both launched podcasts that have reached now over 87,000 ears. We've supported and helped each other through the trials and tribulations of podcasting. And now we want to share everything that we have learned with you. In the course, you will learn the launching and promoting of a podcast, how to grow your listener base. You can learn to promote your podcast across Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and how to skyrocket your downloads. We're also going to teach you how to record and edit There is no need to be tech savvy, I promise. We are both self-taught editors that share complete tutorials, both on GarageBand and Audacity. We're also going to talk about networking and sponsorship and how to incentivize your audience, how you can turn your listeners into customers and attract the right sponsors to cover not just your hard costs, but also your time. We also talk about something that is super important, and it's about your mindset when it comes to starting your podcast. Like I mentioned during my presentation, getting your mind right and knowing your why of why you want to start this is so important. And Kelsey and I take you through step-by-step of recognizing your why. And I think that part of our course is going to be the most powerful tool that you can use moving forward in launching your podcast So I am so, so, so excited to be launching this course with Kelsey over the next few months. If you guys are interested in learning more about the course, you can head to the link in the bio for these show notes, or you can go to subscribepage.com slash podcasting course to sign up to be notified when the course launches. Also, feel free to send a note to Kelsey or I if you have any specific questions about the course, and we would be so happy to answer them for you. Okay, guys, that is it for me this week. I, again, just want to say thank you so much for all of your support for me and the Rural Woman Podcast. It is truly an honor to share the incredible stories of women and egg, and I couldn't do it without you guys. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.